Clubhouse bonus episode. Ditch the overwhelm, provide right-size PD to teachers. Hi, I'm Dan Krinus, host of the Leader of Learning podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey Elite Educators, it's Gretchen here from Always a Lesson. I'm popping in here with a super exciting bonus episode. I have been leading chats on the Clubhouse app, which is an audio conversation platform for months now. I created the Instructional Coaching Club on Clubhouse, and I lead those chats Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, so I sure hope you join us. But if not, drumroll please, you can catch the replay right here. How cool is that? This is a new feature Clubhouse has rolled out, so the past chats we've held are not recorded. It's such a bummer. However, going forward, I will be sharing the replay with you here. Even more professional support for you on your edu leadership journey. So let's dive into the convo. Hey, Lori. Hi. How are you? I am good. I always get excited to chat with you. And um, I just loved your little notes that you were sharing with me. I'm like, yes, her brain is totally like mine. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You know, when you um, when you actually did the podcast episode on long range planning, I thought the uh-huh. same thing. I was like, oh, my gosh, we have the same brain because <laughs> I have really been, especially this year, working with many different schools on creating that long range plan. So it was perfect. It was perfect. Oh, good. <laughs> Welcome, Jahan, to the conversation. Um, hey, Tia. Good to see you. Who um, I just rhymed there. All right, Lori, let's do mm-hmm. a quick um, introduction of yourself and then we'll chat about why we wanted to do this session and then I'll ping some people. Perfect, perfect. And I'm gonna also try to invite some people um, in just a moment because I did have several ask for invites. So we may have some new Clubhouse members with us tonight. Um, My name is Lori Poole. I currently serve as a district literacy specialist in South Carolina. Um, But in addition to that, I am an educational consultant. So, of course, I work with schools. Um, Sometimes I go and do some professional learning with schools in person. But right now, a large focus is just creating 
digital learning opportunities for professional learning, which is going really well. And then in addition to that, I teach several graduate classes for um, continuing education students. And in South Carolina, we have something called Read to Succeed. And so that those are four classes that our teachers are required to take over a 10-year period. And so I teach those classes pretty much one class each semester. Good, good, good. I was pinging people in. Hey, Erica. So, Lori, you're all about literacy, and uh, we're not going to dive too much into subject specifics tonight, but feel free to add that in as if you feel it, that it's necessary, because I know folks hopefully are encouraging teachers to integrate literacy into all subject areas, and part of that is when we're doing PD to call out different opportunities to do so. So I give you full permission to nerd out in literacy, which I know you love. Welcome Ariel to the room. Okay, so Lori and I were talking, what do teachers need right now? And a lot of them are saying, I don't wanna attend one more PD. I don't want to learn one more thing. My plate is full, my brain is fried. I'm barely doing the job I was hired to do because I'm also doing 30 other jobs. Like, please don't make me sit through anything else. But we all know in order to keep our credentials in our school systems, we have to provide teachers with continuing education credits. And just as instructional leaders, we need to be able to showcase that we are staying current on what's happening and that we're also providing teachers support to, to grow as the year is progressing rather than noticing something's awry and you know, not having a chance to chat with them individually or not having enough time in our calendars to do so. Or a lot of us have new initiatives, even though the last two years have been crazy and we're trying to get out new curriculums and provide support. So there's still definitely a need to help teachers learn and grow, even though they are kind of resistant at this point in time. And one thing I'll note here is sometimes when folks' brains are just overwhelmed and they're checked out, bringing them together is obviously not going to really accomplish much, but it's going to be very frustrating. But it doesn't mean that we can't get creative in how we present material or how we get them to implement something that best serves the needs of their kids. And so we're going to try and talk tonight through some options of how we can maybe think outside the normal realm of bringing everyone together in a staff meeting and doing PD. And then if we do that, how we can change it up so it's not just a sit and get and like everyone's not ever going to apply it because we all have limited time. And if the time we are using is not utilized well, not purposeful, not meaningful, not tied to whatever our next big obstacle is, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. And now, I mean, that just wasn't a good use of time. So, hey, Alexis. So we are going to chat through some of that. Lori, is there anything you want to mention before we dive in here? I think that was a great summary of what we're going to be talking about tonight. As a literacy leader and as a leader of many literacy coaches, you really named what we're dealing with. Um, we know that the professional learning needs to continue, but we also know that our teachers are feeling extremely overwhelmed. And so as a literacy leader, that kind of puts us in a difficult situation. And so I'm glad tonight we're gonna brainstorm options to keep that professional learning going, but in small, <laughs> kind of alluding to what we're thinking here. So welcome, Alexis. If this is your first time in the room, I see your little party hat. Hey, Regina, good to see you again. 
feel free to hit the little airplane sign. That way you can just text one of us if you want to share something or ask a question without coming up what we call the stage up top here. Um, the rest of you veterans who have been in a rooms before, you know how it works, but there's now the replay available. So you can grab that or you can use the little scissors at the bottom if you want to clip a certain section, for example, let's say one of us is on a roll and you're like, oh shoot, what did they just say? You can clip it and it goes in reverse to like the last, I, could, I don't know, Lori, if you remember how many seconds, but it's a great way if you like can't get to it right now. So thankful that Clubhouse keeps reinventing and making this a great way for us to learn on the go. All right, so let's dive in first. Lori, I'll let you take the lead here and then I'll jump in with my thoughts. But I know you wanted to talk about momentum and having that one cohesive goal. Why don't you explain what you mean by that? Okay, sure. I think before I explain one cohesive goal and momentum, I think we should kind of reflect back on professional learning experiences that teachers tend to dread. And, you know, it, that's true. We teachers often are required to attend professional learning experiences where they are already feeling overwhelmed or they're dreading it, they're not sure. Many times they're thinking, okay, this is one more, um, one more something to add to my plate or this is something new, this is an additional requirement. And so one thing I do know about teachers is they really don't appreciate attending a professional learning when they're not sure what the focus is going to be, right? Um, when I was thinking about our conversation tonight, I was really thinking about all that we know about student learners. It's pretty much similar to all that we know about adult, adult learners and especially teachers. And so when we think about professional learning, I think a win for us is to think about it in a, a year-long plan. So just like teachers in the classroom, we develop those long-range plans. I think it's really beneficial as a literacy leader to work with literacy coaches or your admin or your leadership team to develop a year-long range plan for professional learning. And we do that by thinking about what's our one cohesive goal that we're going to push towards throughout the entire school year. And we know, just like working with students, when we name a goal and we provide strategies to promote the transfer of that goal, many different strategies towards the same goal, right? That's how we really pick up momentum and that's how we see transfer. And I think sometimes we're missing that in planning our professional learning experience. I know as a literacy coach, um, I served as a literacy coach for five years before I transitioned into a district role. But I can say my first few years as a literacy coach, of course, I designed professional learning experiences and facilitated those. But if I was to think back throughout like the, the school year, I would probably say that those professional learning experiences were all over the place, meaning different topics throughout the school year. As I knew, you know, when we know better, we do better. As I kind of gained more experience, I started working with the principals at my school to think about, okay, what direction do we want to go in this year for this year? Okay, now how are we going to break that down into small increments, like I mentioned earlier, to meet this goal throughout the school year? And so I think designing a long, a long range plan is something that we need to think 
<laughs> yes. One thing I've, so you know this, um, I coach instructional coaches. And one thing that I always say to them, hey, are you having continuous meetings with your admin? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, what's your PD plan? My what? <laughs> like your PD plan? <laughs> like, what is it for the year? And I'm only laughing because I didn't realize that that was not a thing. I just happened we were joking before at the beginning of this about how our brains are kind of wired the same. And we're always thinking, okay, as teachers, we have quarterly planning. We're thinking ahead. Where is this going? So as leaders, we're doing the same thing. We're not just doing these random PD events. We are thinking, how do these add on to one another? Are they aligned to whatever the school goal or the district goal is for the year? And what does it look like each month or each session? So if you feel like you are just only leading PD when your principal tells you to, or that they're all over the place, then this is a good idea for you to sit down as we begin our next semester in January of, okay, what, what makes sense for teachers right now? And this is where flexibility comes in, because even though you have a plan, I mean, it might change. And right now I might've had something written down and like this format's not going to work. The teachers are not going to sit for this long or, you know, this is, we got to move this or whatever. And that's fine. But the purpose of this is to ensure that all your effort adds up. And we are talking about momentum here. So think of different buckets. If you are doing all these random jobs as a teacher leader, you're throwing a ball into numerous buckets. So it's going to take you longer to fill up the bucket. However, if you just do only jobs related to blank and that blank being whatever the goal is for the year, and that means you only have one bucket. So you're going to fill the bucket faster. You're going to have momentum. You're going to see results. You're going to work with teachers who are starting to feel like they're getting it. That's what we want to see. And so when you do all these random PD sessions, you're never gaining the momentum. Nothing is ever adding on to one another. You're not getting that strong foundation. And you feel like, man, I learned a lot this year, but I really don't feel good at anything. And I never really saw anything in my kids. I didn't notice them grow in any way, shape or form. Although I feel like I was doing a lot of learning. And so that's what we want to establish first and foremost is to think through what this plan could look like. And once you kind of know what that one cohesive goal is that Lori's mentioning, then you can get into the nitty gritty, which we're going to talk about tonight, of ensuring that it's not overwhelming to teachers who right now are so overwhelmed and checked out and don't want one more thing. Lori, speaking of one more thing, what is your great phrase you have? One, well, I'm thinking, you know, part of this, this long range plan is to really promote teacher buy-in, right? And so I always like to think it should not be one more thing. It's the one thing. What's the one thing? What's the one goal we're moving towards this year, right? So once we name that one thing for teachers, then they kind of know what to expect and then they have that buy-in because we're letting them know this is the one thing right that we're going to focus on this year but please know teachers we're going to divide this one thing up into many small pieces okay when we divide it up into many small pieces and so i'm going to say literacy leaders or instructional leaders step one determine the goal right Step two, think about how many opportunities you're going to have with teachers throughout the school year. Then divide that one large goal, that one thing, into however many sessions you're going to be working with teachers. 
So that's step two, divide. And step three is then to take that big goal, take the number of sessions that you have, and think about those small increments, okay? How can I teach this one large goal in small increments? When we teach in small increments, that encourages immediate application, okay? I'm going to teach you something, you're going to go try it. Secondly, when we can name those small increments, when we can name for teachers what we're going to be talking about or what we're going to be working on each time they meet with us, then they know what to expect before coming to our session, right? They know what to expect. They know that this session is going to build on the last session, and they know that it's moving them towards this large goal. So, Gretchen, it's not one more thing. It's the one thing we're working on this year. Woo! I love it. <laughs> and I think teachers are on board when they know, oh my gosh, I'm only focusing on this one thing. That means I don't have to add another plate, right? It's I already have this plate. I'm adding the next seasoning to it, what have you. And they know that when they are coming to your learning session, it's bite-sized. It's going to be short and sweet, to the point, intentional. It's going to help them go another lap around the track. And don't worry about what happens after that lap. We're just going to focus on being ready and prepared for that one lap. And they can get down with that. They're like, okay, I've got 30 minutes. I can sit here and, and be interactive with my peers and bring my lesson plans and think about what this one tangible thing is going to be. I can do that rather than sitting through an hour uh, and getting flooded with information. When your brain's already on overwhelm, it has to decide when I'm taking in new information, what am I getting rid of? Because I don't have enough room to process all of that information. And you don't want teachers to have to get rid of anything. We're trying to add on to things. So when you give it bite size, it's just enough. You give them plenty of time to practice what it's going to be like and plan for what this is going to look like in the future. Now they're like, Hey, I'm excited. I'm motivated. I'm ready to go and do this in my classroom. I can't wait to tell you what happens. I'll see you back here in two weeks or whatever it's going to be. And you can even do this in PLC. So it's with the same grade level, but I think it's more intentional, more focused. And when they know it's a smaller amount of time, smaller amount of content, they come ready and excited to learn. It's not that they didn't want to learn before, but the way that we've done PD in the past is like exhaustion, right? And it's information overload and it's really not translating to better practice in classrooms. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And so we're going to go with your analogy of the plate and the seasonings. I love that. And so I'm going to say your magic sauce is when you start your next professional learning session recapping what you did the sessions before. And so tomorrow is a great example. I am going to be working with kindergarten and second grade teachers. I've already worked with them twice before. And so I'm going to remind them of um, the learning that we did the previous two sessions, and I'm going to give them time to reflect on their application. So how's it going? What have you tried since the last time we met? And then tomorrow I will give them the next part, the next level of this professional learning to go out and transfer, apply it. And then, of course, the next time we'll follow up. So the secret sauce is letting them know what we've covered so far. And that can be in the form of, you know, just reviewing the content. Or you could think about designing almost like a progression of transfer. So whatever you're working on, for me, this is... Um, 
phonics in small groups. So of course I'm gonna go literacy. But for me, I would think about a progression of what does that look like? So if you're just starting, it looks like you are pulling a small group with the same needs, right? And then moving on from that, after you're pulling a group, what's the next level? Then after that, what's the next level? So like tomorrow is session three. We're going to level up by talking about using decodable text and small group instruction. So I think that's the secret sauce, reminding them of the learning and reminding them that they are just leveling up. They're trying something. Okay, and then when they get really good at that something, they're adding on to it. And what we hope is that by the next session, they're ready to add on to that. Yes, yes, yes. I, if you guys saw me, I just pinned um, the coaching summit up there. I know some of you haven't grabbed your ticket yet, and that is over winter break. So there it's up for you. One thing I was going to add, Lori, is I think it's helpful if we give them bite-sized work while they're not with us. Some teachers are really engaged when they're with us in the room and then it's like nothing happens. And we're talking a lot about implementation and application. And one way to get around that is to have pre-work. So they're gonna come to your session having reviewed something, having brought something, whether it's student data or a future lesson plan or read through chapter one or whatever it is. Then they have the work during the workshop or the learning session. And then they've got homework. Then they got the post work. And it doesn't have to be long because the whole point is that they are practicing whatever they're learning and implementing it. And that one allows you to have some accountability in the process. And it's another way for them to document their professional learning so that it's ongoing and it's not just these one-time conferences or PD sessions, that it's really something every week that they are tapping into and growing from. And so if you can also break down the mini learning session into what could I have them do to kind of whet the appetite before they come to the session so that they're ready and geared up and they don't have to spend the first five minutes trying to wrap their heads around, okay, what are we doing here today? They've done some of that thinking ahead of time then they're nose to the grindstone during the workshop and then afterwards you've said okay i want you to go do this one thing and it's very clear whether they are able to do it or they need additional help and then you can support teachers in that way so uh, that might be something that again helps to ditch the overwhelm right and you could think about that in the form of an exit ticket. So I do that at the end of a lot of my professional learning opportunities. I have them, sometimes it's just on sticky notes. Sometimes it's on a Google form. Sometimes it's just telling me verbally if we're in a small group, but the exit ticket kind of looks like, okay, what are you gonna go out and try between now and the next time we meet? And how can I help you in this work? And I am very intentional on taking notes. So if they're telling me verbally, I'm taking notes, or I'm gathering their sticky notes up because between that session and the next session as their instructional leader, I'm gonna stop by, I'm gonna check in, I'm gonna ask them, how's it going? Kind of holding them accountable for trying what they named they were going to try, but it also opens the door for coaching opportunities between. Yep, and another opportunity or a new way to think about how we can make this less overwhelming is flipped PD. And we've done a little bit of it in the past and you might've heard of it, but essentially you're allowing that direct instruction piece to be done on their own time. And you can differentiate for teachers by giving them it in a written form like blog posts would be, and they can read it 
as they go to bed at night or whatever, where, whatever their reading ritual is, or they can have an audio form of it. So it's like listening to a podcast while they're working out or cleaning the house or on their drive to work. And then some folks really like to see you. So you're presenting a video to do this. And you might think, well, I'm not doing three different ones. You don't have to, you could do it one time and have that all done and have the, the back work done, meaning you're, you're, you got the camera on you, so that's the video, but then you can extract just the audio and then your printed notes are more like a script. And there's even services now that will take your video and have it all written out exactly like closed captioning, exactly what you've had. And so that certainly is another way to provide support to teachers so that when they come to your session, now we are all hands on. The entire time we're together, we are doing whatever we just learned. We're applying that knowledge, none of the, I'm gonna feed you this new information is done in person. It's just, let's get to work. Let's get in your grade level groups or let's mix it up so that you have different perspectives or bring your lesson plans or bring XYZ. We're gonna annotate text or you know whatever the main focus is. And that's how you really get around the fact of your principal saying, we can't make a short learning session. It has to be an hour for them to get a credit or whatever. And you'll say, well, with flipped PD, they are doing work outside of the time being here. So really we only need to clock 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it is. So make sure that you've talked through how to make sure you stand within the law there. But I think that's another way to keep teachers engaged, knowing that on their own time, they can fit in the learning. So when they're here, they're all hands on deck. They're ready to Absolutely. And I think you can be really wise in asking at the beginning of the year, what's their preference? You know, we can give them voice and choice. Um, how, how would you like to learn? Would you like to, it's all when we're face to face, or would you appreciate cutting our time shorter and doing this kind of flip model like you mentioned, Gretchen? And then from there you can ask, okay, if you're going to do some learning before we get together, what do you prefer? Like you said, do you prefer to read it? Do you prefer to listen to it? Do you prefer to watch it? Um, and there are other options too. You know, do you prefer to your grade level team? Do you prefer for you guys to meet during your planning period during the school day? Do you prefer to meet after school? Now we know most teachers probably would like to meet during the school day, but you may be surprised. You may have some that would rather meet after school, but giving them that voice and choice and taking a step back, if we can give our school voice and choice in our goal, then we're also being really smart. Now, I don't mean like, um, you know, having 25 different goals, because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having one goal. But, you know, you could work with your admin, your instructional leaders to think, okay, what are several goals that would really fit our needs? And now let's get teacher feedback, teacher input, which of these goals feels like one that they'd like to tackle this year. So giving them voice and choice is another way that we could avoid that overwhelm because we're listening to their needs, we're listening to their feedback, and we're not naming something that they don't feel like they you know they need, right? Because we're asking them what are some areas that you need you feel like we could grow in. Yes, yes, and yes. Julie has asked us a question, Lori, so I'll read it and then you go ahead and answer and I'll add my two cents as well. She asked, do you give them time for reflection? What worked, what didn't? And then Q&A with you or amongst the group so they can talk to each other and share ideas or experiences, etc." That's a great question. I do think it's really important to give them reflection time. Here's what we know. We know that reflection time 
is really one of those pieces that we leave off the table. As teachers, I think a lot of times we don't we don't have the time built in for that intentional reflection. So I think making time during your session is really smart. I will also say, I think during your session, if you could be really strategic in almost planning out your session minute by minute. And so if you are providing that reflection time, let teachers know, okay, we're meeting for 30 minutes and we want this time to be extremely valuable. Like we wanna use every single minute. And so the first five minutes, it's reflection time. Then we're gonna move into the next five minutes. So almost just like we would name a schedule with our students, let teachers know, okay, this is what our time together is gonna look like. And the great thing about naming that in the very beginning is that if you follow that protocol, they know exactly what to expect each time they meet with you. And it goes really quick, just like working with students when we have the same kind of structure, like for a small group, they know what to expect and we can transition very quickly. Yeah, and I'll give you another idea with reflection. That would be great pre-work. Remember, we were talking about how to lessen some of the time we're physically meeting together, but really be intentional with what we're doing and having teachers maybe do a Google form maybe three days ahead of the session. And part of that's the reflection. So maybe they take five, 10 minutes and think through your, whatever the question is on your form. Maybe it's just something very simple. And maybe that's part of the question is, please take time to think this through, read it now and answer it by the end of the day. That way they're not just giving you a surface answer. But the importance is twofold. One, they think through how are things going? What changes do I need to make so that when I come to the session, I'm ready to go through solutions with my colleagues. But it's also great for you as the one who's developing the PD, because even though you know what you're gonna cover this time, it's helpful to gauge where they're at and what obstacles they have. And are there trends? Is everyone struggling in the same area? Or is there an aha for you of, oh, I'd never really thought about that. So you come prepared to the session, ready and willing to give some tools and strategies for what you saw in the reflection. So it's great for them to think it through, great for you to be better prepared and tailor your lesson for them. Now, in terms of being able to work with colleagues and do Q&A, the best part about a coach is being available. If you're not using office hours, doesn't have to be in person. You could have a date every week on Zoom where you're just doing other work in the background, but it's a room that's open to any of your teachers to pop in and ask something or use the Voxer app and they can voice message you questions. But we don't want teachers to get too far down the road and realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this wrong or it's not working when they could have asked you. We don't want them waiting till they see you next or waiting till they run into you or waiting for the perfect moment to ask. So certainly create an option for teachers to reach you and talk through things as they're happening in real time. And of course, if it's if nothing too big, then they can certainly wait if they want to. Anything else from you, Lori, on that? I think that's a great idea. The open office hours, um, I think that's a great idea. We're working on those in our district and it's going really well. And sometimes teachers will hop on and they really, honestly, they won't even have anything in mind that they want to chat about. They just know that the office hours are there and they know that if they hop on, there's going to be an opportunity to share ideas and bring. Yeah. And part of that brainstorming, and Julie, you're kind of alluding to this with collaboration among peers. Yeah. You've got to build in time for them to hash it out with each other, because even though you might have an idea of what's going to work great, they know their kids. They also, 
just learn great sharing each other's perspectives. And sometimes you're saying something and then they hear it from each other, just like kids. It's like they, the language, they just get it because they're in it, they're in the trenches. And as much as us leaders want to be, I mean, we don't have our own classrooms all the time. And so sometimes the way they phrase it is like, oh, okay, yeah, I totally get how this could work. Or, oh yeah, that just happened to me. That I, that could have been a perfect opportunity to do X, Y, Z. So front loading them collaborating together is essential. And that's also something that could be pre-work or post-work where they have to at some point meet together as a team or in groups and do a quick chat. And if you wanted to create some sort of blog on your school's website where you could have different um, boards where with a reflection question and they could each respond to each other or come up with you know some new strategy together and present it to the group there's all sorts of ways they can collaborate without having to physically be together but there's definitely power in that collaboration so we don't want to shortchange that and not that you guys don't already believe this, but it's not always about us, even though we're the ones leading it and facilitating it, it doesn't have to be us always directing and telling and, and giving the answers. Sometimes when we sit back and just let them hash it out or we ask more prompting questions, that's when the great ideas emerge and someone starts with an idea and someone else adds on to the idea and it becomes even better than we could have imagined. So please don't feel like you have to be the leader at every Anything from you, Lori, on that? I agree, just that you don't have to be a leader in every single moment. You know, I was just talking with someone that actually coaches me. Um, I was talking with her. She had virtual office hours and I hopped on earlier this week and I asked her about imposter syndrome. And so I don't know if you guys ever feel this way, but as an instructional coach, especially one that's not in the classroom anymore, of course, I get to go when I work in classrooms, but I don't have my own classroom. Sometimes I deal with imposter syndrome, meaning I have an idea, but I haven't tried it out yet. And so my coach, Julie, said, you know what? You should say that. You should say hey, I have this idea. I haven't tried it out yet, but I want to share it with you. Maybe you want to try it out and let me know how it goes. So not always giving the answer, but, you know, just brainstorming together is really. Yes, yes, and yes. Guys, feel free to ask questions either in that little airplane there or come up on stage. Lori, what final thoughts or last tidbits that we haven't covered did you want to make sure you mentioned? Sure. I was thinking about um, other ways to provide professional learning that doesn't feel overwhelming for teachers. And so in the particular school that I'm working in tomorrow, I work with them like one afternoon for an hour, um, maybe every other month. But the bulk of their learning happens when I go into their classroom. Now, I know it just depends on your school and what protocols are in place at the moment due to COVID. But in this particular school, I can go into classrooms. And so I go into classrooms and I facilitate professional learning in the form of lab site work. And what that means is I'm going to go in and I'm going to model with students but I'm going to voice over my teaching at the same time. So I'm teaching the teacher and I'm teaching the students at the same time. This is a great way I feel to not overwhelm teachers because they're not missing time in their classroom. Their students are still learning. They're watching 
the professional content, like they're watching, excuse me, watching it live. And it just feels like a great way um, for them to not feel overwhelmed, but to just see the application. And then um, if time allows, they can try it as well and I can coach them. So that's just one more tip you could think about for providing unique professional learning options. So, so good and so important. So I think what I what we really wanted to hit home is please don't shy away from helping teachers get better because you see that they're dragging and they're frustrated and they're overwhelmed. There are ways around it and it doesn't have to be a lengthy session. You might feel like, wow, what is this 15, 20 minute micro session really going to do for them? Well, if it's purposeful and intentional and you've maximized every minute, it could be really powerful. So please just try and think through what this might look like. And as we started off the discussion about having a plan and a guide for where you're going so that all your efforts allow you to gain momentum and they're not just random things you're bringing up to do with teachers, that is going to be the key to success too. So if you're not meeting with your admin on a normal basis, please try and do that. If you don't have a plan, try and think through that. And Lori and I are both available to troubleshoot that with you. Um, as you're trying to develop that, there is no perfect plan, but as long as you have something, I think that will allow more success to happen. Lori, where can folks find you besides here on Clubhouse? So they can find me on Instagram at level up literacy. <laughs> I love the level up thing. I didn't get that when I was looking at your notes. Makes sense now. <laughs> yes, that's my, so I'll just let everyone know that is my business name, my consulting um, business name, but that's also my philosophy. It's in leveling up, leveling up students, teaching them small pieces and letting them try that out and growing in their um, success and you know, growing in their reading ability, but also with teachers, providing them small increments of learning to help them level up and not feel. <laughs> so good. I'm smiling ear to ear. Like that's just great stuff that's now translating to teachers. So I'm so glad you're doing that. So glad you're here with me. Those of you in the room, again, I pinned the invitation up top for you to join us. It's a virtual conference just for coaches. It's over the um, holiday this winter and it's okay. If you cannot attend live, there is a replay. So grab that ticket. It's pinned there to the top, invite a friend. It's always great to get your learn on at your own pace, right? Cause that's, we're trying to not overwhelm ourselves as well. Lori, thanks so much guys. We are here in the instructional coaching club every Sunday night at eight with a new topic. So we look forward to seeing you there. And Alexis, I'm so glad you're here as a newbie to clubhouse. I hope you found this valuable and learning a lot. And Julie, thanks for your question. And I look forward to helping you all throughout the week. So feel free to stay connected. Lori, appreciate you too. No problem, guys. Have a wonderful week. And please reach out on Instagram if you have questions or you're just looking for a thought part. Yes, yes. All right, y'all. Have a great week. Go be great. All right, Elite Educators. I hope you found value in that Clubhouse chat. All resources mentioned will be in the show notes. Just visit www.alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, and find this bonus episode. Wishing you an empowered school year. Go be great. <laughs>